Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of life, tequila, Mexico, daiquiris, rum, and so much more. It's been a long time coming, but I finally get the opportunity to sit down with the legendary Juan Coronado. He was touring Texas to support his new crafted brand, Mijenta Tequila. We sip through the Blanco and the Reposado. It's very, very good stuff, and there's some interesting aging going on there. But the thing is, Juan's been doing this thing for quite some time and has all of the stories it's really interesting to tap his brain a bit and find out more about the man himself so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this great chat with juan coronado of mejenta tequila it took me a while to get adjusted to it because to be quite honest I'm a on the road person and, you know, plan a trip, hit as many like, you know, encounters as you can book. And then you have the, the bars, the nights, and then the mornings, the cor- corporate job, right, you right. know, so it's like a whole 24 seven. And then at a sudden you are paralyzed in front of your computer Yes, and you don't go meet people and you constantly looking at your calendar. Have I missed something? That's what happened to me. But I can't wait till like, things are back to what we call normal. Like right. this is uh, an industry of people, you know. It's called hospitality and service industry. You need people like moving around so it can happen. Totally. So. Do you feel this was a great word that he used? I use this too. But when I'm around people, I feel refilled with energy, right? And so when you're in these virtual realms, you don't have the opportunity to vibe off the audience. You know, you're a DJ. Like tonight, you get this thing at Las Perlas. How does that interaction in person make you feel and how does that help you? You, as a, let's call as a presenter, as a representative of anything in life, you need feedback from people. Perfect, yeah. You need that retro, you need to question them, you need to like see if you're boring, if you're interactive, if they like the products, faces don't lie. Yeah. And the first step, you know, you immediately looking at their eyes, are they squinting, they're like shaking their head like as a proving or something. You don't see that through a computer, you know? Right. It's too virtual. It's too, too monochrome for what we do. Monochrome, beautiful way to put it. And also, I feel like people aren't as participatory. Of unless, course, yeah. Unless you just go at them. You, you <laughs> can lose me on a seminar on a computer, <laughs> yeah, like easily. Exactly, exactly. So how does it feel then being back in the market here, being in Austin, which obviously is a great spot. You're going to visit good food, good drinks and stuff while you're in town. But like, how does it feel to be back? to form back on stage um it's it's two things you know like i hung up my ambassadorial hat for a while and i became the producer the more hands-on technical on distillery Mm -hmm. on harvesting what is it exactly that i need so time flew it was quite busy for me and you know gave me the opportunity to like perfect what we're about to taste today 
you know, the Darmi Henta, you know, lineup. But being back is, is phenomenal, you know. I, I just can't wait to tell people my experience last year. And, you know, fortunately for me, I had one of the greatest years in my life, yeah. 2020. Yeah, so. Against all odds, right? Believe me, like, my life just turned around in such an interesting way. I was, my wings got cut off, got clipped. Uh -huh. So I'm a person that I did three rounds around the globe a year. Oh, Easy. Wow. Yeah. yeah, million milers everywhere. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything to me. What means is like, you know, being in contact with the, the my crowd, my people, my mind likes. Yes. You know, as, as they say, your tribe, we're, we're unique. You know, whoever is in this hospitality and service industry is a unique individual. Yeah. I mean, you are not forced to be doing what you do. You could be a doctor, an engineer, whatever, whatever you want. You could be in the army, for God's sake. There's... Yeah cool things out there but we chose this or perhaps we got chose for this i don't even know we got chose for it yeah that's actually so my, faithful at times i have tried to leave this industry three times in my life <laughs> I'm like i will never own a bar and here i am again yeah. you know but you just you know it's funny it's like entering the same house from different doors exactly you know you're just kind of like i don't i don't i'm coming through the back door this time and then you come in, it's like, <laughs> yeah let's use the back door yeah but it's still that same beautiful world and i think that's why it keeps pulling us back in right you can try to leave, True. but there's when you talk about agave, there's nothing more. So beautiful. I don't know. We got. I think we got chose to be here. You know, Something this industry chose us, and here we are, yeah. happy as ever. You know, finally things are like you know, uh, starting to open up in yeah. all the states. You know, and we we're stronger. I, that's what I tell everybody. Listen, we're gonna be stronger than ever. This was a lesson for everybody, especially on the political side of our industry. Absolutely. How do we protect, you know, thousands and th millions, pardon me, millions of families that depend on, on hospitality, like salaries. Yeah. Like, we were thinking everything now. So it's important. It's been revealed. Perhaps it was a bad lesson to find, to find it so hard, but it happened. And, you know, we're going gonna, we're gonna to be stronger for sure. I, I hope so. And I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, so we're sipping... The menta, the blanco, right? And why, why start with this? And we'll talk about process here shortly. But, you know, you've had, your resume is just loaded with incredibly interesting things. You know, working at Bar Manywhere for Jose Andres and working at the Bubble Room. You know, you're, you've got these specialties in cocktails and creation and champagne and pisco and rum. I mean, let's not leave out that whole massive chapter with Bacardi, right? But when I went digging just a little bit more, I wanted to know what drove you, right? And it turns out you're a creative guy. And maybe that you kind of raised your eyebrows a little bit. So we'll, we'll see. We'll just like <laughs> confirm that, right? But I think you have to be. But what, I, what I'm driving at is there's some things in terms of art that inspire us. And it's outside of the industry. For instance, I love music. That really influences me. But you studied photography early on before it seems like you found the creativity of food at the CIA. But... What is your medium? What's your favorite medium to create in? Uh, for me, it's music, too. Uh, certainly in a different way than yours, because I don't play any instruments. But uh, I need to set my day with music. Yeah. I need to say my, set my uh, opportunities. My, like, you know, people will like, come into a drawing table and, okay, this is my itinerary today. This is all the things I have to do. I don't do that. I started playing music and then like, oh, uh, I should do this yeah. or maybe I should go this way. I know today I had to be here and there. What am I going to prepare for today? Music like kind of like sets me up. Really? 
Yeah, it's a very personal relationship. Like I was coming on a plane today here to Texas and music set me up. I'm yeah. like pumped and you see the little glow on my face and like I'm ready, ring it on. And then like, oh my God, what a second. I'm in Austin. I need barbecue. Uh -huh. I need, you know, my breakfast burritos and I want right. to visit everybody. But music is is my coffee. It's like know? a mise en place in a way, right? True, yeah. true, what, true, true. So today, let's say, to get you really prepped and hyped up to travel in Austin, what were you listening to this morning? I, uh, funny enough, not to like, you know, brag about things, I uh, made a playlist and I call it La Mezcaleria. Uh-huh. And I added, I was in Oaxaca last week. Oh, nice. I just came back this weekend and uh, I added a couple of new tracks to that playlist and I wanted to like find them again and like nice. hit on them again. So it was great. So I was like, like listening to some Angeles Azules. So it was like kind of like, you know, that, Good. that set me up a little bit of that cumbia from Oaxaca, Mexico. <laughs> that is like, you're like, okay, it's catchy and you're sipping on something delicious. So uh -huh. it, it gives you that memory. So, and it's like, it's the same kick and snare pattern all yeah, around the world. Exactly. I'll tell you what. The maraca, well, chaka, 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 you know, that, uh, quite, quite nice. Yeah. When you always know what you can kind of expect tone wise, right? Like it gets you in this particular direction. So this, this predilection towards creativity, whether it was food cocktails or as a DJ with vinyl, does this, were your folks creative? Are they creative? You come from that kind of background? My dad is Dr. Bo. Yeah, my mom is super, was a part of me. She passed away two years ago, but she's, she was super creative, yeah. super glamorous, ele elegant. She uh, worked with Oscar de la Renta in the nope. early beginnings from the Dominican Republic. And she was a beautician for like a mega one for the, uh, national television there and uh, that was my mom's you know i guess the creative juices come from her yeah absolutely and then you got obviously the business mindedness that perhaps comes from the other parts of the family that's how I, that's sure. how i'm split too mom's creative one dad's business one you know but so does this story begin in new york city i know you cut your teeth in most of the things were you born in new york city or no i was born in the dominican republic okay. in santo domingo Sounds born and raised pretty much yeah and uh um uh, Hospitality there is, you know, everybody exercises hospitality, like smiling, saying good morning, right. opening doors for people. I mean, you go to, you know, buy ice cream, you get a couple of napkins for the other tables, and like everybody's going to get messy. Things like that, you know, that your folks start telling you like, hey, you didn't open the door for that lady that was behind you. So you need to go and apologize. Or, you know, the etiquette is was is a common denominator there. It is, well, and people's always it. like, happy to like serve to help to you've been there you know yeah. it's like I'll, I'll go the extra mile for nobody i don't need to know them and that that's something that is i would say that's the the carburetor of like me you know it keeps me recycling and remembering like my mom is gonna tell me you didn't open the, the door for that lady <laughs> what's wrong with you and um those are the little things. But I grew up there. I cut my teeth with cocktails there. And oh, uh, my first cocktail was a daiquiri oh. made out of a truck. And I will never forget that. And it was my first basically, wow, look at these guys. One was shaking the cocktails. The other one's squeezing limes. And the other one was like, you know, the cashier. And it was like three guys. And look at the line. This is a business. <laughs> and then when you taste that cocktail super cold in the middle of this humidity of the Dominican Republic, so hot, you're like, wow should have got three yeah. you know and that was definitely a memory for me and from then like i always saw the opportunity of like doing things the most natural way as possible mm -hmm. like when i started bartender in new york city 
nobody bought a case of limes ever. Really? It was lime roses. Talking oh, about years oh, ago. Oh my gosh. This is like a few decades ago. Yeah, yeah. But and like, where's the limes? You have this little round thing called lime roses or this yeah, lemon yeah. lime plastic thing. And I was like, no, I need to get some limes to this bar. And I started making daiquiris and Amaro Sours with real lime. No kidding. And people's like, mm -hmm. the difference, <laughs> you know, was paying off. And that was the first thing, you know. It's incredible because it, in your heart, you have hospitality. And there's a touch of selflessness in there. There's a touch of camaraderie. It's this, because hospitality yeah. has got so many different oh, kind of yeah. facets in it, you know. My mom was, was a nurse for a long time. And that entails, you know, taking care of people. But that's something that really feels good to be back in person, you know. <clears throat> and and for you, knowing that you had this hospitality industry, it makes perfect sense, right? That naturally innate. How did you keep pushing yourself? Because it seemed like once I read, read kind of the end of one of the chapters, when you're working with champagne, you open up a spot. And then, I don't know if the bar mini came before or after. That, I can't recall. I think it was after. But nonetheless, like... Why do you keep pushing forward and expanding? Um, in true hospitality, nobody can be 100% the best of things. Right. And there you go, I have a few trips to Japan and they're omotenashi, aka the utmost hospitality, like bulldozer, you're like, wow, mm -hmm. you know? And being open and pushing and learning and trying to like bring things for me has always been a hunger that i mean the day that you don't learn something that day was like in vain you know you might as well stay in bed and exactly. get a rest yeah you need to like pick up something every day you need to acquire a skill or learn something or or become part of something that pushes you for better for bigger and that's a that's my drive i'm hungry i'm always gonna be like you know Teach me something. I want to hear something that I don't know. I want to learn something. I want to pick a skill. And we work in a very broad environment that has so much to offer. And right. you got cocktails, you got food, you got spirits, you got wines. And it's broad, you know? It's very it's, broad. And of course, I'm that curious cat and I want to learn it all and be part of it all. And, you know, just to have an idea. I'm very intense, you know, people tell me in my family that you're super Virgo, you're like so meticulous, so like, uh -huh. and I don't know if it's that, but you know, there's something in me that like makes me, you know, want to like be, learn more about something. You teach me about, I don't know, uh, the bass, uh, a chord or something yeah, on yeah. the bass. I want to learn the C, the B, the other ones. And I'm like, wow, okay. You know. Does that carry over? Because the good thing, I, I love film, like I said, and one of the things about that is there are waves and there are movements. So much like there's a category of rum or much like there's a category of agave, you can go Certainly. and super focus. So that's kind of the way that I taxonomize stuff is film and then I think of spirits. But are there any other areas, whether it's history or art, that also interest you in that same kind of way? I love history. That was Do my you? favorite subject. You know, like growing up in school, history, was, history and chemistry were like my... Yeah, like challenging, good, you know, like, wow, look at this, what this person did, look what this village did, and they became this, look yeah. at, it, it, quite interesting, like the storytelling and the curious mind of like, why does it taste so good, what's in it, it makes me very curious, right. it, it awakens my curiosity.
do you, you get down into the details of things? For, just for instance, when I drink a cocktail that I don't know what's in it, immediately I dissect it in my head and say, what is this made of? And then after that, I say, those spirits, cool, where'd they come from? And so on and so forth. Do that same kind of thing? With uh, you suffer from the same syndrome I that I suffer. I do, yeah. Like, if you put me, like, I'm already, like, staring at the bottles here that yeah. you have. I already made three cocktails. <laughs> yeah. But that it reminds me of, you remember that movie, The, the Pie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Aaron like, Aronofsky? Yeah. you can't stop your brain. Like, you know, he's like, okay, and then like, don't, the, the beaters, the peach beaters will go very well with that bourbon that he has over there. You know, I'm like already doing math and it's a thing. So, okay, we, should, we do share that. And something I've had to be pretty conscious of when I'm talking to people outside of the industry, we, you and I share this beautiful, I won't say wealth for me, but let's just say broad collection of data that we have in our head, right? And we get really detailed and we could talk intelligently, articulately about probably a lot of things. Not always the right audience that, that's in front of us, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do, you, like, how do you shift gears to talking to someone that has no passion at all for the category? Do, do you have to shift gears like that? I or? do not have to shift gears. I don't know if like you you think we do, but for know. me, like all my friends are not in my industry. They call me, hey, Juan. They call me different names. <laughs> Juani, Juanillo, Mr. Coronado, whatever. <laughs> I need a cocktail for this weekend, but it has to be easy because, but I want to surprise everybody. I'm like, of course, what you got on your cabinet? Tell me. Okay, this is what we're going to do. And they love it. And they send me pictures and like, Okay, you know, you came out amazing, went well with this. Or sometimes I ask them, are you cooking too? All right, oh, what are you, you cooking? You know, yeah. it's a, you know, winter, it's summer. Who are you drinking with? You know, are you, you know. Do you, so I learned there's this, I took this, not a personality test, it was like a skills test the other day. And there's this particular, and I'll get you the name of it after we're done, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but there's this one personality type, you know, obviously we're, we're built with multiple facets of personality right but it had particularly to do with language and the words in which you use and the vocabulary and for me that whether i knew it or not was vital to the way that i think about communicating do you think about Whoa. vocabulary a lot too <sighs> because that might be the shift right that, that i'm having to change I, I don't think i do yeah. to be honest with you i I don't know. I think you have to be aware definitely of your audience or who you're talking to because you're leaving the message very clear for them and you're speaking the same lingo is key to this. Yeah. You know, it's key. If yeah. you don't happen to get that connection with your audience, with the person, with, you know, delivering the message in certain way, for certain individuals, for your crowd, is important. And that's communication 101. Sure. Who? This is how. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And the, the you messaging with? itself. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I will assume that you guys, for example, you in your case, know a lot about spirits. I don't need to tell you about, you know, um, you know, the coffee column steel and all right, these right. plates and all these things. But, you know, there's a certain degree that I understand that your industry minded like me i relaxed the technical part unless an event happened uh -huh. that i oh something amazing happened by the way we took this uh column and we turned it into a pot still because we added 30 plates nice. of copper yeah, in there yeah. something like that but you know but we we don't need to like to use the geeky 
language. Sometimes when you speak to the press, you have to like make sure they understand that you're the yeah. pro at this thing and kind of like that. You but know. just like, you, you know what, you're right. Just just know a tinge that I know what I'm talking about. Then I, then I, and I, I suppose that's even bad for me to say that because it's just ego driven for me in that respect. But you want them to no. know, you don't think so? You, it's just like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, what I, I was about to say, like other things that basically, no, but I don't think it's ego. It's, it's just business card. Uh, you handling your verbal business card, basically. Oh, that's perfect. I yeah. think that's what it is, you know? Yeah, you kind of calibrate them a little bit. And exactly. And kind of step off and they realize potentially they can engage with you in that kind of technical way. Exactly. You know where they're at. Exactly. Yeah. When when you get the, the feedback from them, you know. There's a, there's, oh, I went to a co company at work at, but we have a, something we say that meet the customer where they're at. And we know that there have been a lot of emerging technologies, whether it's TikTok, which is difficult because there's no age gating and a lot of brands aren't getting in there. But in terms of that visual aesthetic presence of you as a brand, and then by extension now, Mihenta, has that been difficult to navigate at all? Or is it something you find, it's like, I found my space, I'm going to flourish, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, for instance. Uh, it took me, you know, I was not the most avid social media person. But I find it as an attractive tool mm -hmm. because I was away last year, pretty much, you know, and um, I had to stay in touch. But there's a new way of staying in touch and there's all the channels and all the things. And I, I was not that person like, you know, you want to talk to me, call me or send me an email. Yeah. A text will do too. But the messages, the instant messages, the, you know, uh, I even like more aware now of my uh, link length, which I yeah. open it like every now and then. But right. now I am like, whoa, look at this. Great. A mover, a shaker, this, that. It, it's information at the end of the day. But the social media caught me by surprise. I've, I'm getting better at yeah. it. Uh, yeah. You, you seem the way that you craft your response. Uh, you, people worked with many big brands on interviews and stuff and they're like can you you know pre-vet the questions and stuff I'm like yeah fine you know obviously i change it up because i'm not trying to be controversial i just like things flow it's like a jazz yeah, yeah. duo you know but i can tell that you're media ready of you know course. what i mean like you've been doing this a long time you understand how to say exactly what needs to be said without saying anything more than that but that's just cerebral and intellectually yeah I... visually though do you can you i'm sure you can do the same thing but taking pictures is it as easy when it comes to like the part of media tra media training, um, I was blessed. I got the most intense and rigorous media training ever. It was one of the hardest things I've been through in my life, and mm. it was amazing. And I'm very thankful. It was on my very beginning at Bacardi, and uh, with my mentor William Ramos and me, David Seed, and Aaron Rodonis from here from Texas too. They they almost made us cry. The communication team, you know, over and over and over, but. It gave me the, the gave me the, the skills, the security that I'm here to speak about these three things. Mm -hmm. You can ask any questions, but I'm still gonna answer these three things. <laughs> that's what I'm here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And that's very important. It gives you that security and you're here for a message, you know. People might see you the way you get um physically or emotionally you can get altered your you know, you can mellow down, you can be boring, but it's no, it's your eyes, the way you move your head, right. and the words that you're saying, 
I'm here for those three things. And I'm not going to lose my cool because you're asking something else over and over and over. You want to yeah. get something dirty out of me or something. No, it's these three things that I'm here for. But I'm very thankful. Avocardi, those days were amazing. And I owe that to them. Yeah. You know, something that one of my mates told me the other day is he said, I wish every ambassador had the one quality that you have, Mike. And I'm like, okay, what, what's that? And he goes, you actually listen. And when I'm looking at somebody, I'm not waiting to respond. I'm just listening to you. But I'll tell you this is what you put out because there's a there's a line sometimes with who we are personally and then we who we are publicly and there should be to some extent has that ever been a hard line to not share too much because to your point you've got those three kpis that you're trying to <laughs> i mean that was just an example no yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah for me no like uh i am the person that my mother and my father raised yeah. and that's me professionally that's me, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a, a Jekyll and Hyde or another line to cross. This is me, and everybody that knows me professionally and personally know that. And yeah. you know, for me, doing my job doesn't feel like I'm working. Got it. It's so easy because I'm just be me. Yeah. You know, which is I think everybody's dream job, right? Yeah, I mean, Confucius say, find a job you love and you will never work a day in yeah. your life. Yeah. You know, Oscar Wilde used to say, which is my favorite. A grapefruit is nothing but a lemon that had an opportunity and took advantage of it. And taking advantage of my, my, you know, my mellowness, my good guy situation. Yeah. That's it. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, Oscar Wilde, I need to cite him more. Was he the one that said art imitates, excuse me, life imitates art? I, yeah, I, think, I think, yeah, yeah. He was him, said, right? one of his quotes here. Because I mean, this is I a strange question, yeah. but not a challenge one necessarily. But as I get older... Things seem to line up more coincidentally than ever. Do you notice this? There's some quotes out there that are like, just like, they just fall at the right moment at the right place in your life. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Nobody told me this before. And I just like reading and you like take a picture with your phone. You're like, no, 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 no. Repeating it. Like, and you're like, yeah, this is what I'm meant to say or to be or to do. Yeah. Connects with you just like those songs in the morning, right? Exactly. You know, it sometimes things happen for a reason. When things land on your plate, it's because, you know, you, you have some cooking to do, you know? Yeah. And it's about learning and taking every day there's something. It could be something related to your career not to, but you can take the learnings from whatever field and apply to what you love. Yeah. And that's what I do. I think that's incredible. All right. So, we've been, so we're going to talk about tequila. We got, they got one more question before we start diving Great. into. Uh, and I've been talking about Guerrero a lot lately, so I look forward to talking to you about that. It's a really, really interesting thing to kind of bring more people, the Mijenta Project. I think it actually helps bring people into the geography of Mexico, too, which is very, very, very important. Diverse. And big, you know, yeah. the southern oceans and stuff, or southern coast. But what was the decision to leave Bacardi? It was such a long chapter of your life, and potentially some of your partners in this project are ex-Bacardi, but we don't know that necessarily. None of it's actually fully disclosed, but I'm digging around. But there has to be that moment, right? where either you know you're furloughed or you say i really need to do the next thing for myself it was you know it was i gotta start you know with some history sure. my first time that i went to mexico was on 1996 mm -hmm. and uh i drove three times from new york city to oaxaca oh wow three years in a row yeah two drivers 
we were doing a car race called La Carrera Panamericana, uh -huh. the Pan American race and the Pan American highway. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the food, with the culture, you know, me speaking Spanish as the first language was more natural than anybody in the team and everything like to to get a habituated fast mm -hmm. uh, food weather and I fell in love like completely at one point I remember meeting some by mistake I didn't call it palenqueros at the time or mezcaleros somebody that made mezcal they offered me you want some mezcal we make this here mm -hmm. like what is mezcal and then oh wait that's the one with the worm well, where's the worm you don't put worms and like I tried, I was like, wow, it's a little more pleasing than the one with the worm. Yeah. And I know like saying that it's bad or good, but it opened up my knowledge to things. And then they were not just drinking it, they were eating good food with it. And eating and drinking is like the true Bon Vivant exercise. That's how you like exercise that muscle in your yeah, heart yeah. of Bon Vivant. And sharing the knowledge of these experiences is the coolest thing. And it was just a moment that I had no place to go. It was going to be stuck over the night there because we broke down until the next day. A mechanic came in and fixed us and off we go. But it was that imposed moment in life that totally like, hey, you're not in a rush anymore. Mm. You're in a race, but you're not racing. Right now, you're here. Yeah. Sit down. You want to try this? Cool. You want to eat? Yes. Somebody pull a guitar and there we go, man. You know, yeah. like everything came into place. So that was my first like experience of like loving Mexico. Mm -hmm. The whole trip was amazing. I kept on coming and I always had it within me, you know, like, wow, tequila, my respect for tequila. I know there's so many brands and there is so many different ways of doing this, but there's an organization that is controlling the processes of this. Why not all tequila tastes the same? That was a big question. Mm. And then from there, you start taking the petals of the flower. You love me tequila. You love me not tequila. Yeah, yeah. And here we are today. It was like something that was meant to be. And it it you was know, in my heart. Well, I, I, I had the same moment too. I think when you love spirits, you go there and you see them being made and you sip them in that intimate setting where time stops. And it's so romantic. Yeah. It, you know. It's something that you take with your heart, you know, like it touches you like, and you're like, wow. I will always remember this moment for the rest of my life. Right. Because it's and pure you go humanity. along with it. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, you start questioning, you know, why not all of it tastes like this? What are they doing different? Or, or maybe this plant is a little bigger than the one that I saw last time. Right, yeah. The soil looks different. You know, here is red, here is a little yellowish. What's going on here? And that like you know, the questioning is key. It's like that when you start a puzzle, you throw all the pieces on your table. Right. And you start looking for symmetry, like, oh, these are some borders. And you start there. Mm -hmm. So how's the thought of process that worked out for me? Until like I finally finished my puzzle, creating the profile for Mejenta Tequila. Yeah. And here we are today. You were considered the expert for tequila for the New York Post. Post, yeah. How long ago did that start? Given that was that years ago, let's see. That was late 90s, yeah. So, Early 2000s, late 90s. So that yeah. trip truly impacted what you were known for. And oh yeah, I put my knew. fangs on it and I was like, you know, drinking the blood of the knowledge of tequila. <laughs> and I'm already being a sommelier for many years and, uh, you know, work on the processes of, you know, champagne and 
open a champagne bar and they, I was already, you know, getting my curious feats around and yeah. and for tequila was super easy and natural. For rum the same thing. It's the 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 way sorry, the way you approach it, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the, the way the methodical way that you approach the the processes and the knowledge of things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's just it's a paradigm, it's how you learn. I'm gonna say this before we talk about how the project started, we're gonna sip this reposano, but I am so pleased that you have a maestro tequilera. Ana Maria Romero. Oh, yes. Ana Maria Romero Mena. Mena. And I don't know her work. And this is kind of my first ability to... And I I feel very bad that I, at least to my knowledge, never had a tequila made by female, which is really, really upsetting because I've had mezcal, you know, by maestros. So tell me how you guys met. Well, Ana Maria is, in my opinion, the grand dame of the world of tequila. Yeah. Besides being an amazing lady, she comes also from the wine world, okay. sort of like me. And um, but um, she's definitely that person that is shaping up the high end and the elegant side of tequila for everybody. She's doing amazing things, and she's setting up, you know, the the standards of like what is an amazing artisanal tequila should be. Yeah. You know, in the world of tequila, there's a lot of complexity. Agaves or maguez, they will have close to, uh, you know, 200 analeptics compounds right. at all. Very complex, complex, more complex than cognac, than, Absolutely. than rum, than gin, than everything. So going from that, um, that, floor that that status of like complexity and Maria was the first person who wrote and a book about the compounds that you get to find and the aromas that define tequila wow very complex methodical she went to all the distilleries under the nomination and you know they work with everybody and um, she has worked on many profiles of tequilas before and for me it was very organic because I was going to uh, do my tequila mijenta with another maestro, but he retired and he decided to like, you know, family goes first. I don't want to get involved in some projects, at least not up, up until like a few years that my retirement like skills have like implemented and I'm bored at home or something like that. And I, and I respect that. Then through some friends, I was able to contact Ana Maria and, you know, somebody told me you need to talk to her at least and our conversation i remember the conversation that we had i was uh i was in atlanta georgia airport and we had a like 45 minute call i was catching a plane and i was like wow it was like we fell in love in the phone basically it was amazing that's great so with anna maria i told her i wanted to create a profile that is culinary culinary okay yeah when i mean culinary i want to be able to like allow my tequila to change the process of my meal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My conversations are gonna change with my friends, the conviviality of things. It's gonna get more complicated. We start with fresh little things. So we need notes of like green and fresh. Mm-hmm. Then we start with like salties and sours. Why not get some of that? And then the main course arrive. We need bold, rich, you know, sure. then Second course, we need to like make it different. Uh, let's bring in some amazing herbs and flowers. And then we continue with dessert and then some sweet notes of cooked agave are gonna appear. 
So we went on taking notes and she was like, wow. She said like this, your project sounds very padre. And I was like, wow, really? Let's do this. And that was it. It took us quite some time, but we did it. How, how long was the process from knowing that you knew what it, you wanted it to be and then sourcing juice and getting it in a bottle? What would that look like? With the experience that I'm bringing in on distillation and, and blending on hers, it wasn't that difficult. This was like perhaps the most easiest because we were both on the same level, same floor. We like talking the same this. way. Yes, yeah. there's no other. No, it is this or nothing. Yeah, yeah. And the way we selected our maguey was like crucial. I wanted to do something with a lot of like Quixote maguey and okay. to bring in that rich maturity, some of that hydrolysis that some all agaves have that bring in with the new that yeah, is amazing. Sure. So we sat on five up to seven year old maguey's to bring in that amazing rich mijenta tone, mm -hmm. that earthiness, that viscosity, that rich body that we have on the mijenta. It's come it comes from, you know, that expression of the maguey on the terroir that they fill in. Yeah. And this we, is El Highland agave or is it Highlands, place, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very rich red soil. Sure. Like so red that uh, I always wear Converse when I'm out there. Every time that I leave Arandas, <laughs> my Converse are pink. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it looks like I have pink Converse, That's but right, no, they're yeah. like just dusty. Hence the color of the label of the Blanco and the color of the box as well. I see. It's not pink. It's just dusted with red, mm -hmm. with the red soil of rich soil of Arandas that is rich in iron content, in quartz. It has uh, gravitina. It has so many like limestone. It has so many elements there yeah. that is rich. But think about these agaves as something special because, as everybody knows, you know, the agaves on the highlands. They're always striving hard to get nutrients. It takes them a long time to grow. Right, yeah. The lowlands they grow very Struggle. fast and they grow tall. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they grow sideways. In Los Altos, mostly you're gonna see tall agaves, like trying to reach to the sky. That's why they say blue weather agave that is best is almost as blue as the sky, mm -hmm. trying to connect with the sky, you know? I actually had never thought about that because you're, you're absolutely right though. Once you, you know, that's the same with grapes. The better the struggle, the better the flavor. True, right? yeah. exactly. The stress that these plants go through is, yeah. it makes them not easy to kill. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And all the natural defenses that they have, like calcium oxalate and all of that. But I, what I want to ask you, because this the reposado, what I tell you what I really enjoy about this, is I get a lot of salt. And I love Minerality, the selenium. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely, yes. that sodium, the potassium, and what, what other kind of metals are in the soil there. But I would love to hear what you would pair with this culinarily, given this Blanco is so, reposado. the reposado. Well, with the reposado, definitely you have a hint of wood. Sure. It's yeah. been impacted. And this is, this is American or French? There is more than that. No kidding. Yes, kidding. Yeah. Oh, right. True, yeah. Well, so you must have had some background with that, with all the rum days and all the Of other course. Things. And, yeah, you know, we're like, we're not trying to make a perfume. We're trying to take the gift that Mother Earth gave us, mm -hmm. turn it into art, and that's on Diana Maria's hands. I see. And big kudos to her, like, you know. But in this, in blending and aging, you need to be very patient, but very vigilant. Yes, sure. You don't want a barrel to ruin your mezcal because it comes from, or your tequila because it comes from a different industry. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't, I didn't want my, my tequila to taste like whiskey or bourbon. Like uh, totally opposed. 
So being very vigilant was like doing studies on the barrels every 10 days, every 15 days, which is a little bit of obsessive, you know, because you might, on a reposado you taste twice, maybe perhaps three months and then six months, mm -hmm. but we were on You wanted it. to do it, that, yeah. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't want to get that overheat of American white oak and French oak into it, no. It was about the tequila showing us another like face, mm -hmm. not turning the tequila into something. We had nothing to correct on our Blanco. Got it. Our Blanco yeah, is, you're right. it just it's is. straight out delicious. Yeah. Why mask it with other tones? So we're very careful on that. That's great. So on that reposado, you still have the minerality yep. of the Blanco. You still have some of the green uncooked agave notes that you mm -hmm. find in the Blanco. Mm -hmm. You get a little hint of the floral, the gardenia that is very predominant in the Blanco. Mm. And at the same time, you get that kind of like cucumber, cantaloupe flavor. Very cooling, vegetal, slightly fruity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you kill that for me in a tequila, oh, that's like, oh, you, you went too heavy on something here. Yeah. And it's not lactic. That's one no. thing that, that's something that I don't necessarily like in a mezcal, but don't like it in tequila. So it's incredibly angular. Does that make sense? That's a good word, yeah. yeah I, the way that yeah. I've tasted it, it's angular. Yeah, it is. But if you taste both side to side, you see that one is the, the development of the other one, you yeah. know. But we're not trying to like lose some of the elements of the other ones. And um, to be honest with you, people perceive that right away on the first sip. Mm -hmm. We've been lucky enough that we were awarded 99 points by tasting panel. Mm -hmm. uh, we just lounge, we're not even a year old. Yeah. We wanted to do something amazing. And I believe we achieved it. We did it. We on the right now. Currently, I'm working on an añejo, and I'm telling Roddy that's gonna be ready when it's ready. I don't know when it's ready. Like I tasted it uh, not so long ago, and I was like, we still have a long way to go. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be August. No, it's not gonna be August. It, you know, I started putting things in barrel in August, and like mm -hmm. it's gonna be maybe December. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, I see. It's when it's ready. We're learning the tequila, the barrels. Anna Maria and I were learning how to dance. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a new skill set, you know, it's stuff that it borrows from all of your history. But at this time, well, now you got to go and do it. That's the the best part. Yes. You know? But all right. So tell me again, uh, protein wise, meal wise, what do you think would go yes. good with this? Uh, to your point, like I will definitely go with a blanco with um, any unpasteurized cheese. Beautiful. To okay. start with. Soft cheese. Ultimately. Any unpasteurized cheese. Oh, no. From yeah. stinky to like, you know, I will go there. Yeah. Yeah. Some or some rich like Parmesan or Pecorinos, mm -hmm. like aged. I will mm -hmm. go and that will be like, you know, nice. You will create a very nice epiphany creating like, like, like notes that are like dormant or sleeping oh. on the oh, cheese. It, they'll pull. Yeah, oh, okay. exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Then um, I will go definitely with some uh i would go with like maybe a rich yucatan style ceviche or or ceviche with the rep okay, okay. A ceviche you know a cocktail de camarones mm -hmm, or ceviche mm -hmm. that has that rich tomato sauce oh tomatoes okay yeah yeah and um fish wise i will go with like a smoky sear trout lamb mm -hmm. pork I do not eat chicken, unfortunately, but I'm sure it will be delicious with chicken because people love chicken. But you're on the, I think I'm right there with, I think like actually like a nice heavy, not seared, but just charred halibut. One of those meatier fishes, yeah. a little more oily, you know, because this, 
it, now you got me thinking about lunch and stuff, which is always a good thing because you guys get to do barbecue next. Hey, know, we're so. in Austin. We might as well. Uh, <laughs> we'll put it to the test, definitely. Because yeah. actually, I, I think with maybe some of the, the meats, it would be quite good. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you got metallics, you got fruits, you got, uh, you know, minerals, you got all these elements that definitely. In one, I hate when like people try to like, you know, let's say dessert, you need a sweet wine with it. Mm. No, you don't need a sweet one. You already have the sweet there. Pull from another angle. Yeah. So that's why the, you know, the complexity of the reposado will help with all of that. Last but not least, you know, I in Mexico City, I was with a couple of friends and a bottle of Mi Genta yeah. Reposado when I finally launched it. I was like, let's try it together. And all the restaurants were like closed or it was late. Went to a nice taqueria. Those tacos al pastor oh, with the pineapple. Yeah. Oh my God, Mike, that was amazing. Like eating standing mm -hmm. with a little glass of mijenta reposado and as simple as a taco al pastor, which is a king complex. You have the cilantro on top, the pineapple. Uh -huh. You got the, you know, the pork there. So, Oof, your yeah, sauces. Beautiful. That light, bright, kind of tropical acidity with this cutting through. With the, that's incredible. I mean, I again, it's just making me hungry, one. That's a, Another thing that, that um, the... Mi gente reposado has in particular that I was able to learn it from somebody in Puerto Rico that I admire a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's Indulge Chocolate. It's a company uh, in Puerto Rico owned by this amazing lady. Her name is Janet. And um, she was able to pull in the lingo of cacao oh, wow. into the tequila. And like we do projects now. We, she built chocolates that will match the profile. That's not pair yeah. match yeah you know like it's quite amazing what i love that because the, the great thing about tequila or mezcal or any agave more because of the yes. or, organoleptic all the qualities right is that it emulates a meal more than any other spirit it doesn't emulate an ingredient it emulates a meal you know what i'm saying true true and, true, and that's true. why it's so interesting because it goes in so many different directions that are almost always related to food you know and it is just a massive food so are you able to disc i don't care where the barrels are from but type wise can you tell me what kind of barrels you're using or is that uh, proprietary uh we you know i if you want to geek out about it no problem of course you know we got nothing to hide but i'm using uh, american white oak yeah. i'm using also french oak cool. and i'm using cassia bark oak that's yeah, the one so. i was curious about yeah which is yeah. really interesting because i'm not super for the Nejo, i'm doing something else cool. so uh, it, it's the, the cool thing about this is like Ana Maria and I were having so much fun at creating this profile that is mm -hmm. unique and hopefully people get to perceive and understand the beauty of it. It's it's not a mandate. It's like we're exploring flavors, we're exploring aromas, but we want to pull out and exhibit the terroir of Arandas. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the purpose. When you drive down on Arandas and you have your windows down, you smell so many things. In the town of Arandas, there's a candy store that they make candies too. All these things is Arandas, it's rich. Mm -hmm. So that's the idea behind it. Um, of course, we always have an eye on sustainability. Our bottles are from a, from 100% recyclable glass. Mm -hmm. I don't use a cork, neither a synthetic, on, as a stopper, it's glass on glass. Yeah. Zero contamination. When well, it's a cool, really beautiful camp, actually. Was thank you. you. And every time you open it in a bar, it makes a clink clink sound. Uh, and yeah. hey, you're making a cocktail with me, Henta. That's nice. Our labels and packaging material is recyclable paper and mm -hmm. reuse a bagasse of the agave mm -hmm. turned into mm -hmm. paper. Our labels are made out of that. Which so. is I think these are all 
very important things is people kind of talk about sustainability. But something I found particularly interesting, which I was reading, actually, my friend Claudia wrote the story in Forbes that was talking about this. Um, but I am getting more and more familiar with the geography of Mexico and Guerrero specifically. And I'm telling you what, this next couple of years in terms of destilados and stuff, it's going to burst wide open. And some of the stuff coming out are just incredible. But there is somehow an ecological problem with whales in Guerrero. Could you tell me kind of about this situation that you guys are? I think we need to like, instead zoom of out. do micro, zoom out. Yeah, yeah sure. Go ahead. You know, Mexico, it's a magnet. It brought in generations of aborigines south mm. from our lands south there because there was a place called La Gran Tenochtitlan that it was according to the legend that was the perfect place for you know a civilization to endure mm. you know and they were they settled where they saw an eagle and a serp and a snake fighting mm -hmm. and that was the place and that place exists and then you have places like Guerrero, Colima Colima is the birthplace of distillation in in South. There, and this Colima, is a good conversation, but you're right, but not of alcohol. Anyway. But uh, it's not part of the DO, yeah, of non-DO, right, I mean, right, right, which right, is, yeah. you know, it's Mexico. So yeah. it shows you the, the other side of Mexico. Guerrero is an amazing place, like unique. I mean, the geographical location is fantastic. Unfortunately, not many people can have access to Guerrero right now. Right, right. I love that perhaps one of the best coffees I had it was from Guerrero, and I know an agronomist in Mexico, and he's dying to get it back or to see if the plants are still there or not, if they cut them or whatever. But Guerrero has that magic, that magnetism to everything that grows in Guerrero is amazing. You have places like Yucatan and the peninsula, which reflects the Caribbean. You have Quintana Roo that we all love with mm -hmm. all those cenotes and magic and beauty that is so natural. You have places like Sinaloa, where rice grows amazingly too, and one of the best sakes ever is being produced there by right now in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Veracruz, I mean, yeah, oh, dude. Puebla, Puebla, I mean, yeah. wow, San Luis Potosí, which is different exactly. but still beautiful. You know, very rich. There is no singular Mexican community because the country is far too rich for that. The, the you know the mines of gold and silver in. Exactly. In Querétaro, in you know, yeah. all around there, when you go to Guanajuato, it's it's something else. Zacatecas, yeah, so many beautiful states, you know. Yeah, so, with so much diversity. So, Guerrero is a beautiful place, beautiful raw materials, and some something lured you to this place about the sea life and how that would be because you're talking about sustainability here yes. in the product itself. But then this kind of expanded far beyond that. Yeah, we, you know, we're always looking for ways of tapping into organizations or causes that are like meaningful to us. Of course, always having as a last name Mexico for us is important. It's an attractive. We always try to give back to the land what the land gave us. And right. that's important of us. We are uh, in the process of creating um, uh, different ways of uh, like try to study beyond what has been done, mm -hmm. like do bring in the scientists of agriculture to study maguey and see how we can protect the plant. And we're looking into things like that. We don't have the the paved road to do it right away, but right. we're very curious about this. The genetical DNA strength of the maguey, mm -hmm. 
how can you know we work in pause of like achieving that is it with bats is it with soil what is it but if something needs to be done gas for god forbid like philosopher for maguey's attacks yeah. we're not going to have tequila anymore mm -hmm. and nothing has been done so we're curious too we want to help we want to do something in the case of guerrero tying it on with guerrero whales it wasn't uh, you know a very humble thing for us that we uh, i mean we're trying to create the lowest footprint ever mm -hmm. in tequila production and whales are the cleaners of our planet mm -hmm. they wipe out so many tons of co2 out of the atmosphere i don't know that. it's intense so yeah we have to work with them we have to help them we have to preserve them we have to find a way to like create an equilibrium between them because right now they are like the biggest sponges of co2 oh. they are like helping us with that so that's, that was the intention behind it got you yeah that's that's i really had no idea that that was the case it's more than trees more than whales yeah wow it's a funny way that they do it is but i don't need to explain that here but yeah well i'm gonna look it up now yeah but I please 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 research there is a great documentary that i will recommend it's called seaspiracy uh -huh. I think it's called Seaspiracy, like conspiracy, uh -huh. Uh -huh. something like that. I think it is. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but no, I think it is. Right. It is quite nice. Okay, I'll have yes, to check please. it out because all of this stuff's connected. The sea is connected to the earth, connected to the skies, connected to this tequila in our glass. I mean, it's if you look at it disconnected, and you look at it as like, well, I'm not affecting the sea. It's like, uh, well, you are. Listen, we even the way you buy a can of tuna fish, you're affecting exactly. everything. Exactly. Yeah. So precisely. I mean we've done a lot of harm already so we need to be conscious about how to maintain an equilibrium yeah well i agree i think that, that i'm very proud to see lots of folks focusing on that these days you know so i got two questions left for yes. you yes this one is about you and your love of history and so i ask everybody this question but let's say you're sipping the mienta blanco anywhere in the world doesn't matter where but you could have a conversation with any historical leader alive or dead who might you like to have a tequila with uh somebody asked me this uh a while ago and it always and changes i feel you know i don't think like it changes much but i uh answered the question with another question ah. can i have three if you have three on your mind absolutely yeah i would like to like sip with three people i would like to sip with gandhi uh -huh. i don't know if he's gonna drink or not but I would love to have a conversation. I would love to see Mihenta. Uh -huh. Another person will be Muhammad Ali. Oh yeah, he I don't know if he will drink or not, but I'm sure it will be him. And then, last but not least, it will be basically a musician. Uh huh. And um, you know which one? Uh, yeah, I do know. Um, but I don't know if like you can take a hint of who it, who it is. I'll think about where I'm coming from. Why well, don't? My my lens is so wide. Well, uh, maybe you don't know the artist, but uh, I happened to live on that street in the Dominican Republic. It, it was a composer uh -huh. that um, uh, his name is Luis Alberti. Was Luis Alberti, and uh, I lived on that street for many years growing up. And for me, the curiosity of like living on that street, not knowing who this person was, and then finding out later on in life, in life, like. His he was a big composer musician wow. during the tyranny of the Trujillos, but like seemed to be like somebody that shaped the future for music. He went against the dictatorship and convinced them that music is so important that we have great musicians nowadays. Mm -hmm. He's responsible, like pretty much, 
like uh, basically paving the future for other musicians and wow. and so sometimes strange. somebody has to take the heat and yeah for others to you know for well, the you give it now i've got a short list of things i need to look up which i always appreciate always learning like you said every day if you don't learn something new or you don't ask a question to learn something new it's a waste of the day i think all right so last question for you you know the first mezcal collective back in austin we've been without these for almost a year and a quarter you're back you're gonna be talking about mahenta is this the start of a texas tour are you doing things in dallas as well or you just want austin as a one-off it's actually my second visit to texas within like two months oh cool okay so texas is the market for tequila and mm -hmm. everybody knows that and for you know mezcal it will be soon too or it is already yeah. i don't have that information but uh, if it's not it is already i, I think it is california yeah. keeps arguing with me but texas is where it's it. texas right so um texas always been an important market for latin goods i was i will say it. rum tequila mezcal you know tejuino mm -hmm. cacao everything you know having that organic connection with mexico it, it's it's natural that you know this is the key market for my brand and it is the the main market right now so yeah. i'll be coming here all the time and uh i, I you know i'm a baseball guy and oh, of good. course you know want to see the the rangers playing soon so oh you're gonna get some all... barbecue yeah. i want yeah so texas you know get used to this space <laughs> <laughs> again well it, i'll get used to it well, my first business it? trip um, after COVID was Texas. Oh, and good. Here I am again today. So it's faithful. doing a little tour. Yeah, this is the first interview I've had at the house in over a year and a half. So this thank is you for having me. It's oh, a man. pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Juan, I hope you enjoy the rest of your travels in Texas, man. I'll see you soon. Especially oh, yeah. if you're coming back, you're not gonna run into me. Oh yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Good to see you, man. Again, Likewise. good to see you. Thanks thank so you for much. the opportunity and salute to everybody. Okay, cheers. cheers. Thanks. So All much. right. Cheers. Thanks. So there we have it, Juan Coronado talking about his new tequila mijenta. And it's really nice to know that he's working with a female distiller. I mean, there needs to be more of this in tequila. There needs to be more of this pretty much everywhere. And there's a huge culinary angle to the whole thing. I really appreciate that as well. You know, we took about an hour, but I'm sure we could have taken many, many more. And it was, as I mentioned in the interview, the first time I got to sit down with someone at the house, both vaccinated here sipping some tequila and talking about life. That is, to me, the most rewarding part of life these days. Now, you know, we were without personal communication, sitting in a room with each other, and now we get it back, and I'm very, very privileged, and I'm very, very grateful for it being back. So, thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V. No matter how many episodes of Startup you've binged on Netflix, if you're thinking, I'm actually going to put out another record sooner than later, please keep dancing.